All right, guys, welcome to the N&D podcast with me, Nathan Franklin, and my best friend here, Dawson Head. Now, I'm an aspiring sports broadcaster here who graduated from Specs Howard School of Broadcasting, and then I got former college and high school football player, Dawson Head over here, who probably has watched more football, arguably, than played, which who, I don't know, a ton of hours for both, so I would very much trust this man's opinion when it comes to football, but we are two friends here, just we have a lot of football knowledge. I just want to share it with you and break down some fun football things. So today we're going to be talking about the NFL offseason and just give you a general uh, reminder and summary of what happened this uh, offseason so far because a lot's happened and there's going to be a lot uh, of new changes for this upcoming season. And to start it off here, uh, we'll start out the AFC East. We'll give you which teams made the biggest improvements, what teams lost certain players, whatnot, and then we'll, we'll tell you a division who we think will win the division and we'll grade the, like the, the teams overall uh, grade for, you know, their, their offseason moves and whatnot. And so starting with Dawson's favorite team, personally, we'll yes, they are England Patriots. Uh, I'll start off, I guess they kind of went on a free agent splurge this year, which is rare for a Belichick led team to say the least. And they signed big names like Matthew Judon, Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, Raekwon, Raekwon McMillan, Kyle Van Noy, David Gachow, and Trent Brown, which, I mean, I did lose Joe, uh, Joe Thune, but I got to say, the addition of those two tight ends and having Cam Newton, for, again, with an actual package of weapons. Okay, admittedly, fans here, if you know everyone listening here, I hate the Patriots. I've always hated them. That's kind of what fuels this, drives this friendship. It's a fire and ice type thing, so... He loves the Patriots. I can't stand them. But I can tell you right now that I don't like all these signings. It makes them really good. It makes the Patriots really good. It addresses a lot of issues that they've had last year that were kind of detrimental to their success. I mean, it may have looked like the Patriots were tanking for a minute, but they weren't. Trust me. They were trying to win. I remember we had this discussion a couple times last year. Maybe they're trying to tank so they can just get a better pick, but no. And they started winning a lot of games at some for some stretches, playing a lot better. It's like, oh, well, they're just having issues, so. I'll defer to you. What, how, what do you want to add? To I know a lot of us fans were hoping they were going to tank, and I was one of them, you know, tank for Trevor Lawrence. But tell you what, going into this next season, you're right. There hasn't been a free agent splurge like this in New England in at least a decade, I would say. And I would say the Patriots are the biggest improvement this this season and I'm excited to see how the rest of the free agents shake out and the draft are you saying that the biggest uh, improvement out of all the teams or just out of that that division I would say out of all the teams in the NFL the Patriots made the biggest improvement bold statement right out of the gate first team on the board best best improvement I don't smell any bias there at all it was a good team to start out with it was it was and you know what? I will regrettably agree. I will. Well, I don't know about the best so far, but I'm just saying, I gotta give them an A for for uh, offseason moves. I mean, not, well, A plus, A plus. They made all the right moves. They did. They did sign some guys, some kind of crazy deals. But you gotta spend money to win nowadays. Kind of how it works. Maybe not at the yeah. quarterback position. That's, I know you have a varied opinion on that, but don't <laughs> spend. You know. Yeah, forty million year under quarterback, but they they didn't do that, so they spent it on other guys. But yeah, they're they're able to give Cam, I would say, his fair value this year. And and you're right, there was some of the free agent signings were a little bit iffy, specifically Nelson Aguilar and Jalen Mills. Yeah, a little questionable. It can't it can't all be winners, I suppose, right? But <laughs> all right, yeah. let's go to the next team in the AFC East. Let's go to, with the Buffalo Bills. Not a lot of crazy moves out of the Bills, but not a lot of players lost either. So, well, actually no real no, no real core players to report who they lost in their team because they were able to re-sign Matt Milano, and they also added Emmanuel Sanders to the roster. And just because they didn't really lose anybody and they retained their star linebacker and added some depth at the receiver position to give someone else, I mean, their second weapon was what? Cole Beasley after Stephon Diggs, like Cole Beasley, John Brown, John Brown is kind of wishy-washy in the NFL, say the least. But, but I mean, I gotta also, I don't know if I'd give him an A plus, but 
I'd give them an A because they, I mean, they they retained what they needed. They got far last year. They just, you know, they kind of ran to a brick wall in the playoffs. But they they added some some. I mean, that's only two players. I know. I mean, you know, but those are the most notable signings. And so that that whatever you got to do to keep that core around, it's kind of the, the goal of winning the division, right? They got they won it last year, so. Yeah, they made it. They made a deep playoff run last year, and it was really just a reload, regear, and try to run for it again. A- re-signing Milano on the defense and adding Emmanuel Sanders, which I I will agree with, is an improvement over John Brown. And they still have Cole Beasley to play the slot, so Josh got a little more weapons there to play with on offense, and we'll see what we'll see how they handle the Chiefs next year. Yeah, I expect Allen to have a better year put it simply like just simple as that if anything I mean he's that was his breakout year last year so who knows how high his ceiling is right yeah he's you know it'll take a lot to improve on how good of a season he had last year but still all right moving to the next team and arguably one of the most I don't even know how to just I don't know the right verb for this or the right adjective to describe the Miami Dolphins but interesting teams right now it seems like so they had the – well, let me just start with their signings. They did sign a corner, slot corner, Justin Coleman, who's arguably a top-10 slot corner in the NFL. I mean, it's not a glamorous position playing slot corner, but he is one of the, one of the better slot corners out there. And they already have uh, – you were telling me yesterday. Byron Jones have, and Xavier Howard on the outside. Yeah, and so adding another corner is just – defense Defense is – you start from the defense, you know. Defense is – Stopping people from scoring is a big part of winning football. <laughs> but And you definitely got to consider that defensive back group that you just listed, top three at least heading into the season. Right, right. Definitely one of the top groups. Some other notable signings, though, they also signed Malcolm Brown at running back. I'm not saying he's a superstar or anything, but he's a solid uh, running back, especially in the past game for the Rams. It seemed like he, he's always just been, had a nose for getting extra yards. I mean, it's not – I don't want to go on and on about him. He's not a superstar, but he's just a pretty solid signing at running back to have on your team. And they also got Will Fuller, which I know you thought was a well, we both Big kind of agree was a hot yeah. commodity. He signed cheap too for like eight, nine million. And I know you wanted the Patriots to sign him over Aguilar. I would wouldn't blame you for that. This so, this was one of the bad moves yeah. they made, jumping on the train real fast and signing Aguilar. Will Fuller sat till day two, day three, and signed that cheap deal with Miami. And whoever the quarter, whoever they decide to go into next season with quarterback, they got two good deep threats in Devontae Parker and Will Fuller. So that's an interesting tandem they got. On the topic of quarterback, it's worth noting. So the Miami Dolphins just yesterday? Yeah, just yesterday, yesterday. the Miami Dolphins. So they had the number three overall pick, and they traded with the 49ers. <laughs> with the 12th overall pick they traded back and then they traded with the eagles to get the sixth overall pick for for the 12th or wait no my mistake try to follow it i think i had the right i think i had the right train there so they traded back they traded they traded that pick they got for the eagles so now they're going to be picking at six yes they're picking at six i think (laughs) a lot to follow they made some moves and but yeah, they're one spot in front of the Lions now. So people are questioning what are the Miami Dolphins' motives. They probably you probably wouldn't have traded back if you were going to want to draft a quarterback because a lot of people believe the cream of the crop quarterback talent are going to be taken in the top five, maybe top three. So maybe this is their subtle way of you know hinting that they're not getting a quarterback. They're going to stick with Tua and try and draft another receiver. So I mean. I feel like you probably have a similar thought. Who knows what they're going to sign, but I don't. I wouldn't think it's a quarterback or a draft. A draft. Somehow every year we find teams always trying to climb over each other and run to the finish line to get their quarterback in the draft. So I think I think them trading back to the six is definitely a clear indication that they're going to hopefully bring on some more talent and maybe draft Kyle Pitts if he falls that far, or maybe they're going to grab Devontae Smith. I know he's a, he's a big name that I keep seeing mentioned with them. Yeah. Okay. And then we got the mystery team here, the AFC East. <laughs> the mystery the team. Jets. Mystery so, equals last place. Yeah. <laughs> the Jets paid a, uh, well, 
their notable signings aren't necessarily that great. They signed Corey Davis and Carl Lawson to both to deals over $35 million on three-year deals. And Carl Lawson is a three-year $45 million deal. And Corey Davis is like three-year 38. Corey Davis is just kind of kind of un- just not worth the money. He hasn't done enough statistic-wise to like give you that much, you know, require that much money, which I think you just mentioned Will Fuller. I think Will Fuller is a better receiver than him by far. And I, had it not been for the whole, uh, uh, what was it, a steroid like suspension thing last year, I bet you Will Fuller yes. would have gotten a lot more money in his contract this offseason. Probably would have had a lot more suitors. I don't know. That's just my guess because he did, He is a quite the commodity. I think you can't. You want you want to have a guy like Will Fuller on your team. He's not just a go route guy either. He can, he can run a bunch of short routes. Like you know, he's not just like a lot of people. Like uh, what's his name, John Ross? He just has one route. Just go. <laughs> he's got the go route. Just go. Yeah. That guy's not really that valuable in the NFL anymore. But Will Fuller, I'm not gonna compare him to Tyreek Hill or anything like that. But he can actually run other routes. And he can blaze people in the, in the secondary going deep. So, I don't know. I don't know what the Jets are doing, but that's kind of classic Jets right there. And they are still sitting on the number two overall pick. And the big question is, are they going to roll with Sam Darnold, maybe draft him another offensive lineman because they've never really given him help except for last year with Kai Becton. But you can't really stop the whole pass rush with one tackle. So, I mean, where do you go from there? Or are they going to say – no, give us Fields or Zach Wilson or I don't think Trey Lance is going number two overall, but he's probably the next highest rated quarterback out of that list because we can just assume that Trevor Lawrence is going to be gone at one. All people, I mean, we saw I saw a recent post saying that a lot of people after the pro day, Zach Wilson's pro day, people have Trevor Lawrence falling in the oh, draft, right. and I'm like, I don't buy any yeah, of that. I don't, I don't know where tape. any of that comes he's from. Number one overall pick. Watch the tape, he's you know, and so. I don't think there's a lot to talk about the with the Jets. That's fun to talk about, but do you think they're going to give a uh, Darnold another chance, or do you think they're going to draft a quarterback? I they're stuck in a hard place because what would you they, do like if you were the Jets? Let's put it that way. They need to trade back. They need to find someone who's hungry for a quarterback, and they need to trade back and get more talent around Sam Darnold because I think what we've seen flashes of. He's had a good arm and he's been able to hit his targets. And I think it's been a question of, you know, who's around him. And they had tried to address the offensive line last year too. And Mackie Becton ended up being a good pick in his first year. I think you gotta, gotta stick with, gotta finally stick with a quarterback you draft. And I agree. Try to build it. You know, Smith, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, whatever trio of quarterbacks. Mark Sanchez once upon a time. That was a massive. Oh, or like uh, Christian Hackenberg or all those guys. Just <laughs> yes, that was a good one back then. It's been a nonstop revolving door. And so I agree. Um, but so do you think you say you need to surround them with talent? So do you say they don't trade? Say they trade back. You're trying for the Jets uh, GM, whatever. Are you picking a receiver or something? Or are you picking a lineman? No lineman. Well, for me, I think the foundation to a good offense is that offensive line. And right. I think, you know, that's been one of the more glaring issues through the whole team is the offensive line. So if you can trade back to get the offensive line you want and hopefully get some more picks, I'd definitely draft offensive line. That's a win, yeah. Okay, so we got to rate the Miami Miami Dolphins. I'm, I'm just going to say an A for their offseason moves because I think they made subtle improvements, but necessary improvements to make them better. I feel like you probably agree with that. At least an A. I mean, they weren't the Dolphins. Yeah, I would give them maybe more a B minus, maybe even a C plus. They now you, you gotta remember they lost Kyle Vinoy. Uh, they lost Ted Karras, their center. They lost some running backs, Matt Breida. Breida, you're gonna say Matt Breida's a key piece of things. <laughs> Come on. He was, he was a good back. He didn't quite get the opportunity. They wanted Miles Gaskin, or they liked Miles Gaskin. But you know, I think they lost quite a bit of key players, and I don't think they've replaced them quite well so far. All right, all right. So you go C plus, B minus. I go A minus. That's why I think B plus, A minus. I think they did a little better than you give them credit for. The Jets, I 
we're talking free agent moves, so I'm going to give them a C <laughs> or C minus, maybe even. They overpaid for Corey Davis and Carl Lawson. That's all I can say. I'm being nice. They should get like an F or a D, but whatever. Um, I give them a D plus. I'm right around the same area, <laughs> D plus. And uh, all right, now to pick the winner of the division. Yeah, we know this is going to be different. <laughs> I, I really think since the Bills won it last year, and I, I'm expecting a better year out of Josh Allen, even, even better. And so with the addition of Sanders, I know Sanders is a huge addition, but it's an addition. It's an addition. The offense was thriving without a, without a guy like Emmanuel Sanders. So, you know, imagine what they could do with him. And they also retain Matt Milano, so I expect more of the same defensively this year. And I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Bills. And I think they're gonna come out with ferocity this season, even better than the last. And I'm gonna go over to your, you know, predict unpredictable pick for the winner of the division. You're just flat wrong, Nate. Yeah. It's not it's not the Bills. The Bills had a good year because the Patriots had an anomaly. Okay, one year, it's been 20 years since we've done bad. And to see the design that Bill, the design of the team that Bill is trying to build, doing the two tight end set again, which we saw about a decade ago now, and we saw how successful it was. They went to the Super Bowl that year. They had both Gronk and Aaron Hernandez. and I think with Cam's versatility and how good the offensive line is and the defense prior to some of these signings like Matthew Judon, McQuellen, Benoit, Jalen Mills was definitely expected to be top 10 with the potential to be top three. And with these additions, I don't see how you can expect any less than a top three defense that should be number one once again. I don't disagree with that. I just think they're going to fall up short of expectations. I don't think they're going to have a bad year. Don't get me wrong. I think they're going to be right at the top, neck and neck challenge. That's where I see it. I don't see the Patriots tanking, like or like being terrible. Not tanking. That's the wrong word. But being terrible, like you know, that's not what I'm trying to say. Don't don't get me wrong. But obviously, you think they're going to run away with it. So, I just I see them right back to Super Bowl contenders. Should be Super Bowl favorites, honestly, in my opinion. My opinion, I think the only only reason that's not going to be the case is that I think there's so much more stability. There there was so much more stability with a guy like Brady and a guy like Newton. Even if even in Newton's MVP year, stability is the is the key word I'm gonna look at. I would still rely, I would still count on Tom Brady to get me like a consistent performance night in and night out or game in and game out versus Cam Newton. That's my only gripe. I actually love Cam Newton, like but at this stage of his career, I just don't know what he's got left. And I I hope he's got one. So, well. Yeah, it's it, it's once again, even though we have all these additions, you know, I think the question is, what's Cam going to do? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would look at the Patriots last year and say, with Tom, they would have probably went to the playoffs. Probably. And, and so, you know, we're reloading again. They got all those additions. So now it, you know, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's either can Cam do it or not, so. It's, it'll be interesting to see. I'm excited. I agree. All right. We're going to have to move into our next division here. So we're going to break them all down for you today. So next division, let's go with the AFC North. Same thing. Which team's made the biggest improvements? So we're going to pick a winner for you. Give some grades. And uh, Baltimore. Now, as of yesterday, as of yesterday morning, they didn't have a lot of signings to speak of. but And they lost Matthew Judon, which was a big piece of the defense. And, but they did, however, sign Sammy Watkins later last yesterday afternoon, which I wouldn't call him a wide receiver one, which I really think the Ravens needed. I think the Ravens needed a big, like, you know, wide receiver one. Like, if they would have got Kenny Galladay, I think that would have been a game changer for them. Um, I know the asking price was a little high for him for most teams. Like, didn't see it as a good price. But I'm just saying, give give a, a thing about a big guy like uh, Galladay is that, like, or like a Galladay or a Metcalf, like they have a such, they give you such an expanded catching radius for a, an off throw from a, a quarterback like Lamar, for instance, who gets a lot of it's a lot of you know smack for his actual throwing ability, his accuracy. Yes. Um, he's always called a running only a running quarterback and all that, whatever. But and as of right now or previous years, if you make him, if you force him to drop back forty to fifty times. 
and take away his legs, that's kind of the key to beating the Ravens. Like, yeah, the force it's implied that you stop the run game, but like, if you can make him drop back 50 times a game, like, you can't throw to Mark Andrews 50 times. You just can't. Like, eventually, like, he's gonna, you know, they're gonna stop it. Like, it's just, and he's never been, he's never been the most, the most accurate. That doesn't mean you don't have to be the per- perfect. You don't have to be Aaron Rodgers out there. Every throw Aaron Rodgers throws is like right in the, you know, the basket. But like, it's just a guy like Galladay when you can throw it two yards off and he still one hands it with ease. It's just a luxury to have in the NFL. And he's not the only guy. There's tons of guys like that, like Devontae Adams or DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf. Just the big body. I mean, Hopkins isn't even that big, but it's just the like super athletes like that who can go out and just get you a one-on-one catch. I don't, I think the Ravens really needed that. But I still like the Sammy Watkins signing. I just think they're a team full of wide receiver twos, which is like it's cool, but I just really would have liked a bigger wide receiver sign for them. But I still got, I still like signing. And other than that, though, there's not a lot of big deals to report. Like I said, other than them losing uh, Judon, which I kind of think was the right call because the look at the price the Patriots gave him. I probably wouldn't have paid that much if I was the Ravens GM. Like, so I I don't know what to give them. I mean, they, they retained a lot of their core. So I guess like a B or a B plus maybe. I don't know. I mean, they didn't lose a ton and they didn't they didn't gain a ton either, but they stayed relevant, I think. I think they'll still be a competitive team. Uh I feel like yeah, anything to add about that? For for a team that's tight on cap space, I think they made the right moves to hopefully put themselves back in a situation to make a playoff run. I think what might be a little low key right now is that uh, Allen Robinson was franchise tagged, but with the quarterback situation going on in Chicago, and I think there's the potential for Allen Robinson to get dealt. And I think the Ravens should be right all up in that mix. If the talking's, you know, open. If the phone the phone line's on, they need to pick it up and call. Good point. I agree. Because he's one. He fits into that category. You just throw a ball up there and he'll go get it. He's yeah. he's a definite wide receiver one. He's just gonna rot away in the Bears. Let's be honest here. <laughs> yeah, he needs he needs to get out of there. Yeah. Um. Next team, the AFC North, will go with the Cleveland Browns. So they had a couple of signings. They. Signed safety John Johnson and corner Troy Hill, both from the uh, Rams. Pretty solid players. And they got another depth tackle, another tackle for uh, Kendall, Kendall Lamb, Kendall Lamb for just a depth tackle. I mean, they did actually run into some tackle or some offensive line injuries issues, COVID issues and all that in the playoffs last year, which kind of hindered them, I think, because their line was probably their strong, definitely their strong point, their strength last year. And they were kind of looking like the 49ers a couple of years ago last year um, with Nick Chubb as a running back and Baker Mayfield, who's actually kind of had a, uh, a show out year. He's had a couple of like great year and then an A year, a great year and then an A year. But now I think it's, I think it's been the line has probably been the, the reason for that. You add like that first off season where they signed Odell Beckham and uh, Jarvis Landry, they thought, well, it doesn't matter. Start a receivers. They'll be open. Well, if you don't have any linemen, they're not really going to win. <laughs> so uh, I like the deal, the, the signings, I guess. I didn't lose a lot. So I guess a B. I mean, I, that's just, I think, the fair assessment. They retain most of their guys, and they're probably gearing up for another playoff run, hopefully deeper for them. I, I, what do you think? Um, a little bit higher than you, a B plus, because you're right. They maintained a lot of their players. And they, the John Johnson signing was pretty critical for them. They definitely needed some safety help. The Troy Hill and Keno Lamb signings were definitely depth signings. But uh, I think they finally found their their core of their offense, and it's it starts with the it starts with the run game. It's a lot easier to teach linemen to run block than it is to pass block. And so when you're able to get that good run game in, you can run the play action and do the shorter passing. And that makes it easier on the line and that makes it easier for Baker. So it's, you solve one thing or find an answer for one thing and solves the whole line of things. And I think they did that last year. I'd expect to see some consistency now from Baker Mayfield moving forward with how they set up their offense. 
and especially with the talent around them. Yeah. For all you listeners out there, you're talking, you're listening to a former old lineman right there. So take his word when he talks about <laughs> he's a block and whatnot. So just keep that in mind. I think the Cleveland Browns are destined for a better season. But again, you said consistency is where it comes from. So they can be consistent. Could be scary. They already, they already were kind of scary for a minute. So moving on to the next team, let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They re-signed Juju Smith-Schuster on a one-year deal. They have Big Ben again, and they did lose Bud Dupree. I, they didn't re-sign Ben Roethlisberger. He just returned for another year. So I guess it's not really a bad deal for them or anything like that. But if I was the Steelers, I would have been like, hey, I would call them in my office and been like, hey, Ben, uh, after last year, you need, you need to either walk or we're going to just cut you. Like, not, you're not doing it for us anymore. Like, they kind of have – or he kind of has them, like, in a – a chokehold like they can't they can't do anything like i mean they could if they had some guts they, they want to be bold cut them or something they could but I, I wouldn't probably go over well for pittsburgh fans but then again it'd just be really aggressive and i think i i don't know i give them like a a c i just i just wasn't wow i mean the juju smith schuster's a good sign i guess he only signed like eight million or something like that or less i think a one-year deal but that basically just means it's a we're gearing up for one more run but they lost Pouncey to retirement. They their line's kind of a mess nowadays. Anyway, they used to be a you know elite offensive line, and it's it's kind of eh, it's kind of broken down and crumbled. So I I don't expect a better season this year out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They they I mean they they kind of had a let's put it this way. I think their undefeated record through like week eleven or something like that, whatever week it was, was kind of a fluke. Everyone knew it was a fluke because they were like, this team's not that good. Why are they undefeated? Like, Ben Roethlisberger can't throw the ball on the field. Like, you know, it was always like that. It, so that short, deep, deep and dump pass game where he was releasing the ball with under two seconds, like, it worked. But long term, you can't find people open that fast with all the edge rusher, you know, out there. So I give them like a C, and I don't think they're going to have a really great year this year. I think it's going to implode. I think the Steelers are going to implode, and you're going to see Ben walk away next year. Hopefully, for the Steelers' sake. You think he's going to retire uh, mid-halftime at some point? Should. Be like, oh, my arm hurts. Uh, bye. It's over. Yeah, you, you gave him a C, and I'm I'm a full letter grade below you. I give him a D. And yeah. we'll, we'll start off with that Big Ben signing. Just uh, not not a good organizational move. Yeah. But like you said, he kind of – I, I forgot – I couldn't remember if they had another year on his deal and they, like, picked it up or if they he actually inked another deal. Yeah. I mean, they, they were s- stupid enough to sign him to a two-year deal last year. And That's so he cool. – so it was just uh, whether – is he going to retire or not? And he had and he had the Steelers in his corner because if they cut him, he was, like, a 20, 30 million cap hit. Right. And – you can't do anything with that. If he retired, then the cap plays out a little differently. Right. But, you know, you can't take that kind of cap hit. So for him to come back, you know, they couldn't really do anything. And to talk about the losses, we'll start on offense. James Conner, he's still a free agent. So we don't know what's going on with him. Like you said, they lost Marquise Pouncey, left tackle Alejandro Villanueva. He's a free agent still. And you go over the defense. Bud Dupree was quite a key piece, I would say, in their defense, playing on the opposite side of T.J. Watt. I think they've just gone nothing but backwards. And to and to re-sign Juju, who I thought was maybe one of the main reasons they went on that losing streak last year when they were 11-0, 12-0 at one point in the season. I just I think they've gone completely backwards. You think it was all about the dances? I, I think a, when you're dancing on the other team's logo, it's certainly not going to play in your favor. Yeah, you could just play better. For the better team, you win, right? Isn't that kind of how it works? You can't blame uh, it all on that. He didn't look too much in game mode when he was dancing <laughs> out there. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so you got him as a D. I got – okay, now Cincinnati. There's not a lot to talk about Cincinnati. They signed Trey Hendrickson from the Saints – to a 40 or a $60 million deal. 
and he's had one double-digit sack season, which was last year, 13 and a half sacks. I think it's a bit much money for a guy like that. He's had one good year. There's a lot of guys who have fluke years like that. I'm not saying it's a fluke year, but you never know. I mean, he wasn't – It's. I don't know. That's a lot of money to, sh- to, to give out for a guy like that. They did sign Shadobi Awuzie, who I know you're a fan of. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, corner Mike Hilton as well, which – just get some depth, I guess. But well, I think the Bengals are really gonna where where it's gonna really uh what do you call it? Give a feel for how they're gonna do this series, what they do in the draft. So are they gonna give yeah, Joe with you there. a weapon? Are they gonna give him another lineman? Are they you know who knows what's gonna happen here? But certainly not gonna draft the quarterback because got Joe Burrow. And I I expect more from Joe Burrow this year. Uh they did lose AJ Green, but I mean, I don't know how much how much left he's got, how much he's got left in the tank at this point in his career, but he can still snag a ball out of the air, I guarantee that, but I don't know, I'd give him a a C plus maybe, I don't know, I'm not wild, but they're they're kind of a mess of a franchise anyway, typically, but they're, they're, they're trying to gain a hold of it, so what are your yeah, thoughts, I think, thoughts on that? I think they made a bold signing with the Trey Hendrickson signing. And I know we talked about it pretty extensively previously. You know, it's it's definitely a leap of faith in hoping that that one full season he played as a starter is going to carry over and continue on. Right. If, if it does turn out, I mean, if, he's, if he produces double-digit sacks in each of the next four years – then I'd say it, it's a good contract and it paid yeah. out. But th- those are pretty high standards to live up to when you're paying $20 million a year. Right, right. Well, actually, it's only $15 million. It's four for 60 I know it's $5 million, but like yes. it's a difference, I guess. You know, Doing too much numbers already today. Um, all right, and uh, winners for that division. I think, I think you got to expect Cleveland to win the division. Like, if you're Cleveland, you, you better you better expect to win the division. Not expect. You should be aiming to win the division. I think they, they're a legitimate contender. I think Baltimore is the close, obvious second. But I, I would roll with Cleveland. I I think after last year, we could see even more out, of this year, more out of them this year. So what do you got? It's definitely between Cleveland and Baltimore. And because Baltimore didn't address the wide receiver position how I would have thought they needed to – I think I'm going to choose Cleveland, too, as the winners of this division. They added some key pieces, and they should do better than they did last year. I agree. All right, moving on to the AFC South. Same thing, breakdown, biggest improvements, division winner, grades. So we'll start with the Colts. They re-signed Xavier Rhodes, who actually had a bit of a resurgence here, a little bit surprising. He's not, you know, Pro Bowl caliber Xavier Rhodes anymore. Well, he still is that kind of guy, but, like, Flashback, he's not the same player. He's not a lockdown corner, but he excels in zone coverage now. And he can still play man coverage. I'm just saying, he's not, you can't expect him to go down like Revis Island type coverage anymore on their best receiver for, you know, 50, 60 snaps a game. I wouldn't expect that of him. But he kind of had a resurgence here. They uh, did, I forget if they tagged Marlon Mack or not, but I know they resigned. No. They've got Marlon Mack. We signed him. Um, they did not lose a ton of players except for the picks involved in the Carson Wentz trade. Uh, I think Carson Wentz is the biggest move, clearly. I mean, that's – I don't want to say – I mean, Philip Rivers, Rivers was solid. He was an obvious improvement over Jacoby Brissett in the year prior. But Jacoby Brissett wasn't supposed to be the starter. He was thrown in a starting role because Andrew Luck's like, I'm done. So, but – uh. I mean, I guess it really just all boils down to Carson Wentz. He's got a line now, offensive and defensive line, actually. He's he's, he lacks a little bit of talent at receiver. Like he doesn't have a ton of talent at receiver, but I still think it could be enough to get him through it. Um, I would expect a much better year out of Carson Wentz from this this year compared to last. And I think they, I'm just gonna tell you right now, look, uh, jump ahead. I got them winning the division. I think they got a at least an A minus moves. They didn't lose anybody like Buckner or uh, uh, Brian. Let me see how you say his last name. 
their linebacker. It's like Oak Quirky or something. Oak Quirky, or I don't know how you say his name, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, I I mean, like I said, they got Rhodes. I, they made it work when Matt got hurt last year at, at running back with Lane Hines uh, and uh, Jonathan Taylor kind of had an explosion last year. So I, I expect nothing different. I mean, they won the division last year. I expect – or no, they didn't. Titans won it, didn't they? I think so. I think they were the Colts right were in wild it, card. They were right in there. They made the playoffs, obviously. But, yeah, because they played wild card weekend against the Bills. Or no, 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 no. That's not right. Whatever the case is, they played the Bills. Um, yeah, I think they're – I think they got to get them an A-. minus. I like the moves. And what do you think? What do you think about that? An A-, minus. you know, they, they definitely – like you said, they kept a lot of their players – the roads aren't closed like they used to. It's more of a detour now. Yeah. But he did, you know, I thought he was washed up, and he had a better season than what I would have expected. Right. And then to lose Phillip Rivers and swap him out with Carson Wentz, hopefully Carson is invigorated with this new team and new environment, new teammates. They he decided to fight with uh, Frank Wright, however you say Yep, yep the offensive coordinator. Yeah, he was on the Eagles. And they, so. They brought back T.Y. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they did bring back T.Y. That was just uh, as of today, I think, that we signed them officially. Yeah, so, you know, they're definitely at least in the same spot they were last year entering. It's going to really rely on Carson Wentz and how good he how good he comes back. And hopefully he does. What letter grade do you give him? I'll give him, an, I'll give him a B plus. All right, all right. All right, next scene, the Titans. Now, big one. The biggest one out of the Titans is that they signed Bud Dupree to a five-year, $82 million year, and he's coming off an ACL injury. I think – I like Bud Dupree, but I think that is a risky signing. I mean, you don't you don't know what kind of player he's going to be right off the bat after an ACL injury. I mean, ACL tear. I mean, just – he didn't just injure it. I think he tore it. So, it's – Ah, it's an unpredictable type of situation for him. Who knows? I'm sure he'll be back. He'll be a solid player, but you never know how those things go. He could, it could be like an easy thing to re-injure for him. Like every player is different. But that's a lot of money to shed on him. But it's a good move for them. They they could use a guy like that on their team. Uh, they have not resigned to Davion Clowney. I don't know if they should. A lot of people think they should have instead of signing Bud Dupree to a big deal. So yeah, I'm like, I want to hop in here for a second. And Tell and me. say that I think if they would have offered Jadavion Clowney that same deal, I think they would have been better off. Really? That deal? Out of Clowney? Out of Clowney. Clowney isn't flashy with the sacks and whatnot, but he's a solid run stuffer and he gets pressures. So I agree. But that kind of money is usually goes to the flashy people. You know what I'm saying? I that agree. But but they paid Bud Dupree, who I believe is about 28 or 29 years old, coming off the ACL tear. I'm not defending science. You heard me. <laughs> I just said a rusher is good. An edge rusher is good. But you know, they, they took a leap of faith signing Bud Dupree to this deal. I think a better leap of faith would have been signing Clowney to that same deal. I agree. I could see it. I say less money. I, don't, I think the money is ridiculous anyway. So I think it should have been less. But that's just my take. They also signed uh, – Let's see here. Janoris Jenkins, and that's not a huge name, but it's a depth player for that. Well, actually, he'd probably be a starter, given their secondary. Uh, and they got Josh Reynolds at receiver. They did lose uh, Adore Jackson, if I'm not mistaken. So that's a big, big piece to lose in their secondary. And I guess the Jenkins trying to fill that role. <laughs> it's not quite the same player, but. Um, yeah, they, they lost Malcolm Butler, too, this year. Yep. So yep, they lost – and Logan Ryan left two years ago. So, like, at one time they had three top corners. And, and they had McCordy and safety behind all them at the same yes, time. So. And, and now they got Jenkins. And after that, I don't even really know who comes after at all in the defensive backs. I don't know. Except for uh, Bayard or Benyard. Mm-hmm. But he's even on the back nine of his career. Yeah. I'd only give him, like, a B minus maybe. C plus. I mean, that's I feel like that's even generous. I mean. I think the the clowny deal would have been better. So, what, what is quick quick from you? What's your grade? What do you give them? It's it's a D plus. I think they've definitely plus. gone backwards. All right, I agree. I'm Corey Davis one. exited too. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Okay. So 
then the Jaguars here. They they had some they had some moves here. They signed Shaquille Griffin, corner from uh, Seattle. Rashawn Jenkins, Marvin Jones, Jamal Agnew. Jamal Agnew's not that big of a deal, but I just mentioned him because that's two Lions right in a row. And they also got Carlos Hyde, uh, a good, a pretty solid backup running back. I'm not going to lie. I mean, he's a nice guy to have in your team as a backup. Um, and obviously, they got the number one overall pick in the draft. So, again, I think they're – I think those moves are okay. They're pretty solid, but I think we're really going to see – well, they have they have some weapons already. I don't cut myself off talking, but – they have some some good weapons already on, on offense. Maybe at tight end, they're kind of lacking with uh, Tyler Eifert. He's kind of on the back end of his career these days. But, I mean, Trevor Lawrence does got some toys on the receiving board to play with. So, I, I don't know. I If I had to give him a grade, I guess like a, a B- minus or a C plus. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't wild, but they're not bad deals. And you're not going to splurge a ton of money in your first deal with the quarterback. I mean, it's not always smart, I guess. Maybe you want to see what you got, and then then you go. I mean, I know we we all see what Trevor Lawrence was in college, but you never know, you know. Yes, he's a top top quarterback in the draft, but who knows, you know? I mean, why was everyone in the first year like has a Justin Herbert type year with the weapons he's got? Then and you're like, oh yeah, we're gonna spend a ton of money next offseason or something like that. So I guess C plus to B minus the rating, but the draft is what's obviously exciting for the Jaguars. Yeah, they for for the team that had the biggest salary cap room this offseason, uh, they didn't live up to the hype for me that I would have expected from the team in last place last season to yeah. be making moves. They definitely signed some players that they needed. Shaquille Griffin's going to be a good corner for him. Marvin Jones is definitely going to be good for Trevor Lawrence if that's who they draft, which it should be. Carlos Hyde, like you said, is a good depth running back. Um, I think I think really what they didn't address was the offensive line so far, and uh, there's and there's pieces available right now. Mitchell Schwartz is out there. Villanueva is out there. Right. So there's still things that they can do, but I'll give them a B. All right. Oh, you're being nice. Wow. <laughs> I thought you'd be like, no. Ah. All right, so now going to the, I'm just going to say it, stupidest franchise in all. Yeah, no one wants to talk about this. Let's go to the Houston Texans, who are just Texans, who are just effed all around right now. Um, I'm going to give them, let's say, well, I'm just going to give them an F, straight up. I'll explain it, I guess, a little bit. There's not a lot to talk about. Unless you're living under a rock, I'm sure you're aware of, uh, you're a football fan, the Deshaun Watson Wanting out of a trade, and then all this stuff about the sexual assault allegations and all that. And while we're waiting for that to all come to light and see if it's true or not, and let's just assume, let's not assume anything. Let's assume it could, it could be true. And so, even still, if you're the Texans, like they're, they're like refusal to trade him when you want, like to try and work out a deal when he was publicly, well, I'm sure he privately said it first, but publicly wanting out Houston, just refusing to even acknowledge that he's on the market for a while, like they, they were doing that. And to do that, like I think it's just a blatant mishandling. Because now look at this—you got this, this all these allegations against him, and his trade values plummeting. Like if you wanted a trader right now, he might be suspended for the first—I don't, I don't know what number—say ten games for the next season. Who knows? But for if it's all you know, because penalized for all that, he could miss the whole year. Like so now, they, they kind of screwed themselves. Like they think they're, they thought they were the smartest guys in the room. Like oh, you can sit on the bench if you just you you know if you want out. Oh, oh, oh. like no, or we'll make you play. Like. No, you won't, first of all. He'll sit on the bench. You'll lose tons of ratings. People will hate you. Fans already hate you. Fan base already hates Houston. They're, they're crap nowadays. And also, not like I said, they just ruined this trade value by letting this linger. Like, it's – they could have they could have really robbed a team blind if they would have accepted one of these deals a couple months ago. There are people offering, like, three first-round picks and a second, and they were like, that's not enough. And, like, are you kidding me? A, he wants out. That should already be something that lowers his value in the first place because every team knows that he wants out. They know that you have to trade him, you know, that kind of thing. But it didn't matter because everybody wanted him that badly. Teams you wanted him, at least. And I just, I don't know. They're mediocre moves in the past two years. Like they let Fuller walk. Then again, I guess, I don't know, what are they going to do with Will Fuller right now anyway? But, but still, 
And then tra- the date with David Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins trade, like what the hell that's, I don't know. Oh, whatever. But I don't know. I don't feel like you don't probably have a ton to add, but I'm pretty sure you probably agree with me that they're effed all around. A team that was already been on the decline now for quite some time, starting with those, the Hopkins trade and losing Fuller. Everything you said is absolutely correct. Like, for a team that was in a position where they don't have a first round this year, right. I'm questionably thinking that they don't have one next year because of all the trades they had done prior that to have accepted the biggest trade before these allegations came out for Deshaun, they definitely missed the boat on it. Right. Uh, depending on how these allegations come out, you know, their, their best option now might be to – just hold on for dear life and hope that uh, hopefully that they're not true. Like you said, we'll have to see what happens in court with that, but he faces the potential to uh, be suspended indefinitely. So it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out this summer. Yeah. But yeah, I, I believe F. you probably share an F. Yeah. F. F. That's great. Yeah. All right. And the winner of that division. Oh, we already picked that. Or no, we didn't. I said Colts. Who do you think? You said Colts. I'm I'm right on board with you um, with the Colts. Okay. And then let's go to the AFC West, our last AFC division here. Promise to make – let's make this one a little quicker here. Uh, this one's probably a little easier to predict the one with this one, so we don't have to, you know, spend a ton of time on this. But so we got the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, it turned out this isn't an offseason per se, but the Justin Herbert draft was – Quite the good draft, quite, quite the good pick. It turns out a bunch of teams passed on him early on at the top of the board. I'm sure if they, we did a redraft right now, he'd be top three. So, yeah. Um, they all, but they did lose Hunter Henry and Pouncey, and they lost some defensive talent as well. And uh, Melvin Gordon still a free agent. Or Melvin Gordon? No, Melvin Ingram is still a free agent. Uh, it doesn't look like he's going to resign with them. Uh, they didn't make a ton of moves, so I mean, I don't know what to give them. They didn't do anything really. The, a C minus, a D plus, I, nothing really that crazy. I don't expect a ton out of this because they didn't really give Herbert much help after last year when he had some offensive weapons, but that was really it. Defense crumbled a lot of times last year. So, what, what do you think about that, quick thoughts? They've definitely lost a lot of talent. And to add on to that defensive list, Casey Hayward, their starting corner, Desmond King, who was the other corner. Um, but they, they did sign uh, center Corey Lindsley from the Packers. Right. So that was a pretty good need for Herbert and, you know, moving forward for the offensive line. But like you said, other than that, they've been kind of sitting ducks besides yeah. that one offensive line signing. Mm-hmm. So they certainly didn't make a splash. As an offseason grade right. so far with free agency, I'd say a D because that, that Corey Lindsley, signing is the only thing that doesn't want to make me give them an F because they at least did something. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, so now let's go with the Raiders. Raiders are ugh. So they signed Kenyon Drake to a backup running back to a two-year $11 million deal, which that's a lot of money for a backup backup running back. Uh, they did sign Yannick Ngakwe and Jonathan Hankins, uh, nose tackle, um, it's not a lot. Of, I mean, they, uh, they lost Avalor, who sounds funny to mention like that's a notable loss, but he actually had a good year for them last year. Um, I know Jason Witten retired, which I don't think it's a big deal anyway, any, any, whatever, but Darren Waller's pretty spectacular. I mean, uh, Josh Jacobs is spectacular too. I don't know why they paid that much money to Kenyon Drake. A good, a good backup, but that's a lot of money for, for a backup. Uh, like even the market would agree that that's that's a lot. That's more than you need to pay for a backup running back. But um, I don't know. I I'd give them like a C. I guess C minus. I I just wasn't really impressed by them. I, I don't think they're gonna really have it. I think they're gonna have a, a down year compared to last year. And last year wasn't even that spectacular. They just had flashes of greatness for a while. It seemed like they never really wowed. But you know, a lot of people. Quick thoughts on them. Well, they did I lose think- their. Tackle too. 
right? So. Yeah, I think something that kind of hasn't been in the news line because a lot of them are kind of older now, but they cut four of their five starting offensive linemen. or right, not right, cut, right. But they, they did some trades. And so, you know, this is the third time I'm going to hit on this, but I think offensive line is the key building piece to a good offense. And they, they cut those four guys and they haven't done anything to replace them. And Rodney Hudson's a guy that has allowed less than one sack on average the last three or four years. And I know some of their other players, they traded away Trent Brown, guys that did not allow sacks and worked very well cohesively as a group. And so I think that whatever they're doing with the offensive line, I think is playing a part in that Kenyon Drake signing. I think they're expecting Josh Jacobs to get hit a lot more easily than they have in the past. Maybe they're trying to trade the line away. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's going to be facing a lot more hitters now. Yeah. And uh, the unique Ngakwe and Hankin signing, that's a pretty good signing for the defensive line. Yeah, Defense, you know, for me is, is the same as offense. The defensive line is where you start. And those right. are two pretty good pieces. With that offensive line we work, though, I'd give them a C minus because I'm not sure what they're going to do to fix that. It's tough. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to the next one, uh, this division just doesn't like really keep getting that much better. There's only, only one legitimate team. So the Denver Broncos, uh, they did sign corner Kyle Fuller, uh, Ronald Darnby. Uh, they did spend $39 million on four year deals between them. I believe Darnby is on a three year or I think a two year, like 25 or no. Three year thirty, and I think Kyle Fuller's a one year nine. So um they did lose Philip Lindsay and just summing up through lock, he stinks. So I don't know. I don't know what the Broncos are really doing. Uh I think they are picking at nine. And I think that if they really want to make it the impact, they've had such terrible quarterback turnover. I think that they need to make an impact and be good again. They need to trade up, offer the the whole bag to some some team in the top four or five and say, and go all in on a quarterback, maybe even top three. I know the 49ers are probably going to cling to that pick like for dear life now after they acquired it. But uh, the Jets, I'd look at the Jets and offered them a bunch of picks. The Jets, uh, historically, they're kind of dumb, it seems like. So <laughs> that might be a little bit of a stretch, but they have a lot of questionable moves in their history. So I would, I would look to the Jets and try and offer them the nine and maybe another pick and another pick after that or whatever. Trade away that or through uh, lock too, maybe or something if you can. I wouldn't take it about the Jets, but and uh, try and draft a quarterback because I think there's three quarterbacks in this draft you can't go wrong signing. I know you're not high on Zach Wilson, but I think Lawrence Fields and Wilson are all solid quarterbacks that would be a great, uh, great guy to have, great quarterback to have on your team. And I like Zach Wilson or Justin Fields and the Broncos a hell of a lot better than I like on the Jets, where it seems like good quarter, good young quarterbacks go to die. So, or go to never live, I guess. <laughs> I give them a, a C. I don't know. They're, they didn't address their cornerback issues. They had a bit of issues in the secondary, which they got Fuller and Darnby. Darnby's not a star or anything. But Fuller is quite he's, he's a rising star. Um, so, I, I mean, I do still have – or I think they haven't resigned Simmons yet. They may have worked out a deal. They they did work out a deal. Out He's a deal. the okay, highest so. paid safety now ever. Gotcha. Okay. So it's but, definitely yeah, well deserved. Yeah, it is, it is. It is. What are your thoughts on the Broncos? Uh, I'll tell you what, you gave me a little eureka moment there with the Jets trading. Yeah. Because I think it ties into some rumors I've heard about them dealing Von Miller. Ooh. Now, tying Von Miller in that first round pick to move up could open the door for him. So yeah, I agree. I'll be, I'm interested to see. I think I think there's going to be a lot of movement. I think every year teams people say there's going to be a lot of movement. I remember last year. I don't think a team made a trade in the top ten, top eight. Nah. But uh, obviously this year already we've seen movement. So oh, yeah. I think I think there's some movement to be expected uh, to get into their. Adds and gains or losses and gains. Kyle Fuller and Ronald Darby are definitely two good pieces. Darby played for the Broncos previously, if I'm not mistaken. He was drafted by him. Oh, yeah. So, so that's a little bit of a reunion. I might be getting them confused with someone else. But uh, 
they're kind of in the kind of in a limbo because they, like you said, they need to address the quarterback. I don't think Drew locks it either. So they got some, they got question marks. I agree. I'll give them a C minus. All right. Then going on to the next uh, team here, the Kansas city chiefs, their biggest signing is Joe Thune. Uh That's really about it. They did resign uh Remmers or tackle Michael Remmers to a, uh, whatever kind of, deal. I mean, a cheap deal, like two year, 10 million or something like that. But he's their back. He was their backup tackle. So it's not like stellar signing. Uh, and they did just lose Sammy Watkins yesterday. So, but in all, in all seriousness, I don't, Sammy Watkins was kind of an underachiever in the chief system for a couple of years. He's only because of his injuries. He's never really fully healthy for a whole season. And I mean, he was a nice guy to have, but like, honestly, I think, uh, uh, what's his first name? Is it Demarcus? Demarcus Robinson? Is that their yes. other receiver? He was yep. kind of just as performed about the same as Sammy Watkins, it seems like. At least when you're watching the game, it's like, oh, Robinson's made a catch. Where's Watkins again? Oh, he's he's there. Not catching it, but he's there. On the sideline hurt. Uh, for offseason moves, I'd, I'd probably only give him like a C right, as of right now. I need to see more offensive linemen go to that team after last year's Super Bowl. Uh but then again, this they could be going for a, they have a, a solid enough defense that like it's not like a trash defense where they can't they can't ever be in any game, you know. Like they do have a solid defense. It's not superstar, it's not top ten probably. It might be top fifteen, arguably, um, around that range. They're pretty good past or well last year they're a pretty good pass defense team. Uh pretty good at stopping. I, I don't know what the numbers were, but they're pretty solid at that. Uh and uh so, yeah, I'm going to give them a C grade. I do think they're going to win this division because I don't think this division has a lot of competition as of right now. Um, but they need to, I need to see more offensive linemen sign. I mean, I know you can't sign five linemen in the free agent for free agency every year. That's not how it works. But they that was why they lost. That was reason number one. They lost. Let's be honest here. Among other issues, whatever. That was the main reason. But I, the only thing I can possibly defend the – well, defend the – the process moving forward is that if you outscore your opponent and they're or a team that's fully capable of just dropping 40 on any team, if they're in the right, you know, if they're playing right, they have right linemen. Um, it doesn't really matter how, how a dominant defense is. So if you can go for the shootout mode, you got the right quarterback for that type of style. And I, you know, I'd still roll the chiefs to go deep in the playoffs until they lose a bunch of players because of their cap hit cap situation in a couple of years will be kind of me- kind of a mess. Maybe even after this next season would be a mess. Because it was kind of uh, dicey <laughs> going into the offseason. But I, I say C. I, I, I'm not impressed. I'm not that impressed. How about you? I'm a lot less impressed. Oh, okay. For, for the team that made it to the Super Bowl and then got obliterated on the edges by Shaquille Barrett and uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, to then go ahead and cut your two starting offensive tackles who so glaringly showed that you needed them to cut them because you're tight on cap space and then turn around and sign Joe Thune for a 20 million a year deal. It didn't make any sense to me at all. I I think they also signed another guard too. Uh, Can't think of his name. Could be wrong. I think his first name's Kyle from the Bears. I'm, I'm thinking Kyle Long. Yes, Kyle Long. But it's like yes. they didn't their tackle. Two guards. Like, and I think I think tackles are so much more important than the guards and center. Stop the edge, you know. Yeah, and I think they did. They did something with their center too. I think they re-signed him, or they may have cut him too. They did something with their center, but they basically reworked their whole offensive line this year. Mm-hmm. And I, they, they don't have any offensive tackles now. Nope. So I'm expecting a Super Bowl-like season for Patrick Mahomes getting ran around like a chicken with his head cut off on, until until they address the issue. Right. Their, their, defense, their defense, they've been able to really get a bunch of regular players, average players, and make a good cohesive unit. Right. So the de- the defense, you know, I think is going to be going into the same as they left last season. It's really how the heck are they going to protect Patrick Mahomes? I agree. 
I, I give them an I give them an F. I can't see how you can leave your 500 million quarterback to be defenseless. Can't argue with that. I think they're winning the division, though. I mean, I feel like it's a bad, it's a rhetorical question, but there's not a lot of, a lot of teams. I think. I think right now, I think I'd see the Chargers winning it over over really? the Chiefs with how their That's roster stands right now. As of right now. All right. All right. Wow. Bold. Bold. There's a but, lot of good pass rushers in this division. And that will be the end to our show here. We're actually going to wrap it up. We spent a little bit over an hour on AFC football talk. We will be hitting you with the NFC on episode two of our podcast. So check that out on Apple Music and uh, Spotify next Monday morning around 10 a.m. We'll be putting it out there, episode two, which will be covering the NFC breakdown. So hope you enjoyed the show today. It's the NND Podcast with Dawson and Nate. See you next time.